coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Elkanen. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick, Mitch Hotch, lurking somewhere in the background. Uh, what are we talking about today? Probably earnings, right? A lot of them. And Robinhood. Those are going to be the big themes of the day. Amazon, obviously, crushed. Pinterest, crushed. Um not everything, though. Atlassian is doing okay this morning. So we'll get to all of that. We'll get some, uh, get to your questions from the chat. I know we didn't get to him yesterday, but uh, we will get to him today because we. I don't think we'll have a guest. Jason Rasnick is uh, is questionable for today's show. Uh, so we'll have more time to uh, just talk and answer your questions in the chat as far as overall market is concerned. We are a little bit in the red reminder. It is the last day of the month, so maybe it's the end of the month window dressing, but the S&Ps are in the red. The NASDAQ is in the red. The Russell is in the red. The Dow Jones is in the red. Um, interestingly enough, Bitcoin down 2% today, but Ethereum actually trading higher, which is interesting. Uh, divergence there. Uh, oil is oil. Gold is gold. Whatever. Dennis, how was your first full day back? Uh, busy. Uh, lots of action, obviously. I kind of feel like I got thrown right into the fire here because we had so many earnings and you're trying to get yourself caught up and you don't have a feel from the last earnings report. So you watch Amazon report and get hammered and then, you know, you're obviously trying to make trades off of that. Um, lots of, you know, interesting action here. Today seems like a sell everything day, though. There's not a lot of stocks trading higher. Yes, you'll say oil's trading higher because we had a couple of good reports from Chevron and Procter and Gamble, or, or, or Chevron and Exxon. Yes, you'll say Procter and Gamble's trading higher because I had a decent report, but the majority of stocks are down. So a little bit counter to what this market had been doing. We've been seeing big tech get hammered, and then they run into the reopening stocks, the IWM, the small caps. Today, they're kind of running from everything. If you look, IWM down 0.71%. SPY down 0.74%, Q's down 1.1%. So everything correlated today. It's the Amazon hammers the market day. Yes. So maybe we should start with Amazon, and I'll give you the number, and I'll bring out the chart. Uh, Amazon's Q2 EPS beat $15.12 versus a $12.22 estimate. Sales missed, though. Interestingly enough, the last time their revenue number missed was... The third quarter of 2018, their sales came in at $113 billion, and somehow somehow it wasn't good enough. $113 billion versus $115 billion estimate. So a mixed report um, uh, for the second quarter. Uh, some interesting takeaways from this report, uh, and I'll, I'll give you some more details here, okay? Uh, sure. Online store revenue, which is, of course, the core of their business, uh, rose 13% year over year in the uh previous report for for q1 the year over year growth was 41 percent right q1 of this year versus q1 of last year so we went from a 41 percent year over year growth to 13 percent year over year growth um third party seller uh revenues were lower than the street thought as well aws of course cloud their 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 money printing machine uh, was solid. Uh, revenue up 37% year over year for that. But 
they are in this dogfight for the cloud with with Google and Microsoft, and there are some concerns there. Uh, they guided a little bit light. Their 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 Q3 revenue guidance uh, was in the range. We'll call it you know in the range of around 108 billion dollars uh, versus 118 billion dollar estimate. So a little bit light on the guidance front to go with a, uh, a very rare revenue miss for Amazon. There is a chart. I do want to show you actually a different chart. This one courtesy uh, of Bloomberg. I'm going to share my screen. I think this kind of sums up uh, why Amazon is trading down here this morning. Uh, where's my where's my chart? There it is. Okay. I think this chart kind of sums up Amazon this morning. This is uh, e-commerce growth. So this is the stat that I mentioned. 41% year-over-year growth um, in Q1 versus 13% year-over-year growth in Q2 for online sales. And, and again, is this um, super surprising? Probably not, right? We've been talking about this for, for a while yeah. now. This growth that, you know, it was a perfect storm for in Amazon. It, it was, the growth is unsustainable. Um, so not a total shocker, but but I think this kind of sums up the, the feeling here this morning. Couple thoughts. Uh, one, you know, some some interesting commentary from the CEO, and this is you know to be expected. I think um, he was just saying people are going out more; mm-hmm. they aren't staying home and, and just shopping online. People are going out and doing things. They're going to physical stores. I mean, they want to do that. Is this you know trend continue? I mean, obviously, if we go full reopening. It does in the short term, which is probably why they're warning for the next few quarters. But everybody still likes buying stuff online, and people are not going to stop buying stuff online. The convenience of Amazon is just amazing, you know, especially if you get same day shipping. I mean, so you think about that and you think, okay, well, this is a buying opportunity. But I mean, short term, you know, they are warning out a couple quarters. And yes, we're going to continue to see a response. I think I think if you're buying here and not not and it's hard to predict the day to day, you know, changing in this market because it's a market with no memory, like Doug Cass says. And, you know, we, we go up one day, down the next. Um, it seems like buy the dip off and wins, but I never like buying on day one. I want to buy after the dust settles to a certain extent. Like think yeah. about you know when you have a you know a stock. I kind of think about you know when they get ham when they get hit pretty good. Like and this is a big hit for Amazon. Don't kid yourself. A six point seven eight percent down two hundred fifty point point move is a big hit. But you know think about it like you know asteroid you know hits the surface. You know boom you have the initial impact and then you get the dust. You know and eventually it starts to settle. I kind of usually wait, you know, a few days until at least the dust starts to settle. And then we know what we have because right now we don't know what the damage from this is going to be. It hasn't even been open in the regular session yet. Mm -hmm. So does it bounce right back? It could. I mean, but at this point in time, down 243, it's kind of a coin flip. Yeah, you probably see initial rally because you get to buy the dippers come in. But we are right back in the middle of the trading range. 3,000 to 3,500 is where the stock has sat for a year. You're at 3,353. You're really in the middle of nowhere. Down to 3,000 is a huge support level. Like if you're looking out at the longer-term chart, if you can go out there and show it, that 3,000 level is immense. It's huge. You know, I know we kissed through it a couple times, like 2,900, but call it 3,000. That's where your major support is. That's still a long ways down from here, and it's not getting there today, but could, you know, it continue to drift? Could you eventually get down there to test it? Maybe. Scenario analysis would say I would be a buyer at 3,000. Um, 3353. I'm in the middle of nowhere, so it's more of a coin flip here. Like I said, swing at the pitches that are up the middle. Don't swing at the pitches that are in the dirt. I think if you're buying Amazon today, you're swinging at a pitch in the dirt, 
and it's hard to tell. You know, sometimes you can still get, you know, you can still, you know, get a good hit off a, a yeah. bad pitch, but it's not an easy pitch to hit here today. Yeah, and if history is any guide, we know that dips are generally speaking to be bought in Amazon. But the For question sure. and, is, and also, do you have to, to be? Do you have to be the the person to come in today and do it? Nah, I don't know. Buy on day one is often dangerous because you don't yeah. know how ugly it's going to get. So right. and I, I'm laying off of Amazon, but you know the effects to Amazon now are significant because it is not just bringing down you know the tech sector. We saw everything roll over here last night. Yeah, let's talk day. about that. Yeah, so Am this is Amazon. Don't kid yourself. If you're looking for a reason for the sell-off today. I know some people look to China, but it's Amazon. And we're, you know, obviously seeing significant pullbacks in the queues, but, you know, the IWM even, which has been basically moving counter to, to big tech on a lot of, of these days, it did with Facebook as well. That is not the case here today. You know, IWM is down this morning. Maybe we're going to get some separation. Maybe we'll start piling back into the brick and mortar trades. If Amazon's not doing well, the logic is, okay, well, they're saying about brick and mortar, let's go get the brick and mortar stocks. But even the brick and mortar stocks are trading down here today. A lot of retailers trading down. So, you know, Walmart, which has a big online presence, is a sympathy play target as well. They're both down significantly because they have big online presences as well. So if Amazon online is, is slowing, it's logical to think that Walmart and Target would be slowing as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's a difficult day is really what, you know, I'm trying to get to here. I, I don't know. Like, I'm torn. Certain stocks are at support levels. You know, then you can buy them. Like I was feeling pretty good about Uber at the 44 or at the, you know, at that huge support level of 43. It never even got down there in the regular session and then bounced out of it. Uh, but today, uh, just on Amazon, it's difficult. Yep. Um, survey in the chat. Uh, would a stock split on Amazon uh, get you interested? in the stock yes or no it's in the chat right now yes it would and it's not going to happen anytime soon they would have announced that on the disappointing earnings report if they had any intention to announce that so we might as well take stocks put yeah. off the table because if you've got a crappy reporter and it wasn't even necessarily a crappy report it wasn't even but it wasn't going to meet the high expectations of the street if you yeah. and they knew it probably wasn't going to meet i mean they're warning about a couple quarters they probably knew the stock was going to go down if they didn't want to put a stock split in, you know, to help the stock out, that means that they just don't care. And I think all these rumors about a stock split are not going to materialize. So I'm saying I do not believe Amazon stock split is imminent. Not at all. I, you know, we were we had Gasparino saying it a couple months ago, nothing materialized. This would have been the quarter to do it if they were going to do it. It's telling me they have no intentions of doing it, at least not this time. If anything, this just this report just reaffirmed my belief that like if if I was the CEO of a, of a company, I would never in a million years go public because this was like a no-win scenario for Amazon. This report was objectively like still very good, right? But it, it wasn't unbelievably good. And that's the problem, I guess. Expectations. Street expectations just through the roof. I know. And they've been through the roof for everything. There's so many companies that are beating earnings and going down on the earnings beats. I mean, that's the environment that we're really in here is that this uh, almost unreasonable expectations. Um, and, and, you know, just like the banks. I mean, what do they want? You know, the banks started going down right after they reported blowout, blowout numbers. I mean, you get like a Goldman Sachs that completely blows the numbers out of the water again. And the stock went down for three, four days afterwards. And yes, it's come back up here with rotation in this market, but it's difficult. Like it's not a, just a, we blow it away, the stock goes higher type of market. And if you miss, 
the stock does go lower. So yeah. it's tough to be actually uh, some earnings season is just like, oh, you know, the majority of stocks are beating and the majority of stocks are going up. So your odds are if you're buying a stock in earnings, you're going to make money. This is kind of the opposite of earnings season. If you've been buying stocks, you know, ahead of the earnings reports and taking them through, there's been a lot of disappointments, at least so far. Yeah. And, and just look, and this is the uh, history of Amazon earnings. And you can see the, the revenue is on the right hand side here. Uh, the last time they missed, to Dennis's point, this is rare. Amazon does not typically miss on the top line revenue. Yeah. Like I said, the last time was Q3 2018. I think I was still in diapers then. So, uh, yeah, it is rare, right? Um, and I had another thought I was going to say. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, but I, I think I think he said it there. Is is, is just you know impossibly high expectations. And he, yeah. he, and you know what didn't help here? What didn't help was the fact that uh, the other Fang stocks did blow it away, right? Um, Apple and Google. And they didn't rally on it. And Facebook. Yeah. Right. right. And they exactly. didn't rally on it. Right. That's it. You know, you got Apple blowing it away, Facebook blowing away, and they went down on those right. reports. So, I mean, Amazon not beating. Yeah. It's going to get hammered on it. And that is exactly what we're seeing here today. So, does this bring earnings estimates down for Amazon? Does this, you know, cause some, you know, downgrades in that? I don't know. Sometimes you always get one or two analysts that chase price, but. The 3200 is the initial support, I would say. 3350 is really in the middle of nowhere to me. I mean, Alcon can always find a level. To me, I don't see anything in there. I see the first major level of support at 3200, and then I see the super duper support that Joel Alcon uh, likes to use 3000. So those are the two levels that I'm looking at on Amazon if I was looking to buy it. I am long, full disclosure, still remain long Amazon, not going anywhere. It's in the long term investment portfolio. I'm sticking with it. Uh, but as a trade, I have nothing on right now. Uh, not a, not doing a survey, but just uh, in the chat, it, anecdotally, if you want to tell us, you know, how your Amazon spending t- compares now versus, you know, six months or 12 months ago, let us know. I'm curious because my Amazon spending is way down, right? Uh, I think I think most people's probably are too. Uh, in in this same vein, let's talk about Pinterest here. Uh, sure. it, it's sort of the same theme this morning. Yeah, Pinterest had earnings uh, last night. I'll bring up the chart one second. Uh, EPS twenty five cents versus thirteen cents. Uh, sales of six thirteen million versus five sixty one million. That is not what the street cares about, though. What the street cares about is monthly active users, okay? And they are declining. U.S. monthly active users have fell 7% year over year, even though global MAUs did grow. In the U.S., monthly active users declined, and they guided Q3 revenues uh, just a smidge on the light side. They said revenue will grow around 40% uh, in the current quarter versus like a 43% estimate. So a uh, smidge light on the Q3 guidance and monthly active user declining uh, year over year. This is what the CEO said. There was a lot of activity around home decor, gardening, cooking, crafts, or do-it-yourself. As restrictions began to ease, those use cases are less relevant now. I mean, yeah. Right. This is the yeah. same thing we just talked about with Amazon. It is the yeah. same. It is the same theme. Uh, the reopening is now the reopen. It has happened and yeah. um, people are going out. Yeah, we're seeing the result of that, you know, where we were talking the movement from the stay at home to the reopening, which we saw a huge movement back in the beginning of the year into that trade. And it's come off to a certain extent, you know, and the Delta variant is a wild card here. Um, which, you know, we're not going to get all into here today. But, I mean, that is the wild card for a lot of these stocks. That's a wild card for the stay-at-home versus the reopening. You know, how 
widespread is Delta? How much are we going to be able to contain it? How well do the vaccines work against it? All those questions are still to be answered. And that's the risk, you know, when you're buying the reopening stocks. And that's also the risk when you're buying the stay at home stocks. I mean, if, you know, Delta, you know, isn't as, you know, or if it's not as bad as, you know, some of the media is making it out to be, then the reopening trade will continue to catch steam. So I don't know if anybody has the answer to those questions, but, you know, this Pinterest report and the commentary from the company makes sense. Technically speaking, 55. I mean, that's where you've bounced out of back in May. If you go farther than that, we actually were back in October. So I would think the logical uh, spot for this to bounce would be $55. I don't know what it did pre-market. I I haven't looked at if it's been lower than this or just continued. It looks like it's just been a slow leak continuing. But I would think 55, you'd find some logical support down there. It's down 20%. It's been absolutely hammered. I mean, is it safe to come in now? Again, you're buying on day one, and I never like buying stocks on day one. I like to buy them when they start, you know, basing and starting to go up again, as opposed to trying to catch the falling knife. So I won't be buying Pinterest um, today on day one. But I mean, a lot of people will be. A lot of buy the dippers will be in there, and you know, maybe it goes up, you know, fifty-seven. Maybe it catches a bit and gets back up to sixty or sixty-one because people think it's overdone. Yeah, um, that's risky trading, though, and I just don't like having that kind of risk where I don't know where the fallout's going to end. Anybody who says it's 5740, you know, it's just a shot in the dark. We Nobody knows where this thing's going to turn. You can day trade anything. Uh, but if you're coming in as a swing or a long-term investment, I like to wait until I have momentum back on my side. And right now, momentum's definitely not on my side in Pinterest. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the same exact theme. Um, okay, there's a few questions in chat. Actually, um, let's get to, I want to ask this one question from, uh, from James. He asked it yesterday. We didn't, we didn't get to, but I would have, I, I would want to, I want your thoughts, Dennis, uh, with regards to market breadth, we've, uh, you know, been talking about this for a while here. The Russell does not look great. The spy and the Qs look much better on, you know, on a relative basis. I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on market breadth right now. Well, S and P made new all-time highs yesterday, so we know what has been keeping it up, and it has been Fang because IWM has been underperforming for a while. We are still significantly off the highs. I mean, if you look at the IWM, yeah. we haven't even got back to where we were in March when we were at two thirty-four and two twenty-one. So you've got a tidy little four or five percent correction in small caps, which has not been seen at all in the spy uh, because of Fang. I mean, DIA has held up well, too. And there again, there's some major companies there that have been holding it up. So if you select, you know, those mega caps really holding up some of those broader indices. But, you know, the IWM, which is, you know, equally weighted and isn't, you know, held up by just those mega caps, um, you know, tells more of the true story of where this market is. So it's a market that is confused right now. That's what I'll say. It's a confused market. It wants to be bullish. It knows it's got the Fed at its back, but it's got, you know, COVID picking up steam here again. And, you know, it's got this, you know, great reopening that's just turned into the reopening and they don't know how, it doesn't know how to process all this. And then you have China as a whole wild card. So, I mean, there's lots of, you know, unknowns here. And I think that's why, you know, seeing a market that's just chopping around. It doesn't have a general direction here right now. Um, you know, you look at SPY and you think, yeah, the general direction is up. But the IWM hasn't went up all year. I mean, we go back to January and we were 220, 225. We're 221. Really, you know, this is the broad market here. And I guess not January, February, because we had a run up from January to February. But, you know, we've been digesting really the overall COVID move that we had in 2020 and the beginning of 2021, which was an enormous move. So we're in a digestion period. 
Does the market eventually start to go higher? You like to think so, but with a lot of unknowns right now, that's why I still stick with a lot of cash. I've been sitting on a lot of cash and haven't put a lot of work here yet because I don't see that broad signal. Breadth does concern me. It does concern me that a lot of these smaller caps are not participating. Um, so I, I think it's still guilty right now until proven innocent. You can say, oh yeah, S&P made a new all-time high yesterday. But again, we know it's just five or six stocks that really control the SPY to a certain extent. I mean, those top five components or top six components make up like something like 15 or 18 or 20 percent it's a huge amount more than than the index 21 it's more than 20 it's more than 20 so it's a huge amount and you know we've just had all those reports and they were all pretty good those companies are firing all cylinders that has really what's held the spy up but the iwn tells a different story and again i'm going to say it's confusion this is a six-month chart here iwm is in the red over the last six months yep 12 percent so that and the difference between that is all fang that's your fang separation right now. We've no, seen... it, uh, just to be clear, it's not. It's down point one two percent, not twelve percent. But yes, point yeah. still point still completely still. flat in the last six months yep. in SPY. So people who are saying, "Wow, yes, and is so hot," sure it is, but it's hot because of Amazon had a big move, yep. and obviously that's going backwards here today. But Facebook has been moving, and you know, obviously Apple has had a huge move, and Microsoft yeah. has had a move, huge move. These are huge components in that index, and they've held up very well. So, but right now we're just in a mixed market. And so I'm talking to the investors out there. I think you want to have a cash cushion still. Now, am I coming in and selling on the day? No, you've got to be selling rips and buying dips. So if you're worried about your position, you're worried about that you got too much stock on, you're using rallies to sell into. I don't sell into dips. I'm not looking at my portfolio today thinking, what can I sell? I do that on updates. I'm looking at, you know, am I looking what I can buy? If you're sitting at 100% cash, maybe. But I'm kind of comfortable where I am in my long-term portfolio. Like I said, trading, I'm going to make two, 300 trades today. I mean, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Scalping all over the place, you know, once I get done the show. But, you know, right now, um, from an investing or swing trading perspective, I have literally almost no swings on. Um, like, like almost none right now. And, and back in February, I had like 30 of them on. So I really have no swings. And I typically, I do do some short swings, but mostly long swings. But I just don't see anything that's like that enticing that I got to go out there. And yeah, this is, you know, the time to be striking on this. I don't see, you know, a lot of really good setups right now. You should have been here on Tuesday. JC Prex was up, was all about like, yeah, I've been in cash like all summer, basically. <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, JC's a great, and, and JC we've had on, and we're friends with JC. Yeah. Obviously, he's been a friend of the show for a long time. But, you know, JC isn't afraid to go to cash. No, he's not. When he's uncertain, he's not afraid to go to cash. And that he's a smart trader. And he's been around a long time because he's not afraid to, you know, say, hey, this market doesn't look great. I'm going to sit it out. If I miss some if I miss some moves, I miss some moves. But right now, it's risk reward. And there's still a hell of a lot of risk out there. And, and the risk is, you know, the risks are known. But we just don't know how, you know, and China. And we haven't talked China here yet. But, you know, again, like yesterday, we were saying when, you know, we had Alibaba trading up a 202 in the pre-market. I'm like, it just had a huge move. You're coming and buying it now. You're doing it backwards. And look what, 24 hours later, Baba gives back half of the move. I mean, you, 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 you just can't be chasing in this market. It's telling you again and again and again. You get a big move, a big bounce, and it looks like what it was was a dead cap bounce. Wait for it to come back in. Now you get a pullback. Now you're getting some levels. PDD, same thing. We were talking Pin Duo Duo yesterday at 95. And I'm like, if you're doing buying it now, it's tough because it was just 78 three days ago. I'm like, maybe you get back in the mid-80s. Maybe you get interested. Well, hey, 
we just fell seven bucks. We're at 88 now. Get down to 85, maybe the candle from two days ago, the low, maybe it kicks around 85. Maybe you do strike on that one. So if you wanted some exposure to China, you're getting a little bit of a pullback now. But again, there's a lot of unknowns there. So there is a lot of risk. Am I coming in and buying Chinese stocks? I, I don't know. Maybe as very short-term trades, not sticking in the long-term portfolio right now because just all the unknowns. Uh, I want Don't be get, afraid to be in cash. I want to get to this question uh, from Matt Miller. Oh, he's asking about Pfizer, uh, which we touched on for like a brief moment when it had earnings. I think it was, what, Wednesday morning now? Yeah. Two days ago now. Um, just with regards to like unknowns, and we don't really uh, have a super clear picture yet of, of, of the Delta variant and, and, and how how uh, serious the spread is or or not and whether whether it's going to cause any you know similar type of, of uh, economic uh, um, you know uh, implications as, as the as the original covid variant and whether or not we're going to shut down all of that is still unclear uh, yeah. so but but with regards to Pfizer they did raise their guidance specifically on the backs of the delta variant they said, the we I'll let me show you in the pro. Let me bring yeah, it up. Yeah, see it. BFE two days ago. Come on, buddy. All right, I have it on, on a different screen anyway. Uh, anyway, they beat and they beat and they they raise their guidance. Um, they raise their guidance from. Oh, there it is. Now we load. Let me zoom in. It's a little bit small for you to see. There we go. Uh, Pfizer. This is a couple of days ago. They raised their raised their revenue guidance for the year by a couple billion dollars, and it was specifically on the back of the uh, Delta variant. They said they had a third dose of the of their vaccine strongly boost protection against the delta variant and that people may need that and because of that we're going to raise our guidance yeah so anyway with regards to the chart though the chart looks, looks interesting we're getting back and you know pfizer well it came all the way back to that was no not that wasn't it this this right here that green one this was um this was vac uh, vaccine approval day right there yeah that was or that was it and we we're all the way back now to that that september high and, and when they got back there, and I mean, we've had multiples, like if you want to go out on Pfizer, this $45 level has not just a couple years of memory, but decades of memory. Go back to the year 2000, you know, and I'm going from my memory here too, but there you go. You know, people who think long-term investing, and you just buy at any valuation. This is Pfizer. You were paying, I can remember, 45 times earnings back in the year 2000 for Pfizer. Well, you know what happened? The company kept growing, but the stock you know, growth rate came in. And again, when you're paying 45, 50 times for a pharmaceutical company, um, you're paying too much. Here you are 22 years later, still trying to get your money back. People don't realize that in Pfizer, you know, that because we had, you know, anybody buying 2011, 2012, 2013 is doing very well, but you were buying it decades ago um, at a PE of 45 or 50. You got punished severely for paying up way too high of a PE multiple for a company that just couldn't sustain that growth rate. And now you look at the Pfizer PE, and I think it's around 17 or 18, which is under a market multiple and reasonable, 3.65% dividend, reasonable, all reasonable. I own Pfizer in my long-term account. I actually yeah. did buy it back in about 2010, and I think my average cost basis on Pfizer is $13. So it's been a good one for me, but if you're buying it 10 years sooner and paying a multiple of 45, I think at that time I was paying a multiple of 12. So, I mean, again, you know, long-term investing, you know, people don't like to put their CFA hat on. They don't like to look at fundamentals. But if you're a long-term investor, you got to know what you're paying. You know, valuations got to be somewhat reasonable. And when you're paying PEs of 50 for Walmart or 50 for Pfizer, it's not reasonable. And that's why, you know, 
people were punished severely for buying those stocks back in the year 2000 in a huge bubble. So, yeah. so here we are. We are back to where we were 21 years ago, 22 years ago, also where we were just a few months ago on vaccine approval or in, 20, in 2020. Um, there's big congestion up here at 45. There's a lot of resistance up at 45. We're at 4278. There's probably room to 45. But after that, you know, maybe it starts to get tough again because you have people from 22 years ago still trying to get their money back. So well, I, I, I'm torn. I mean, obviously, you got paid a lot of dividends through that time. But um, it, it does look good on a technical basis because it's broke out through 42. So I do think there's room to Pfizer for 40 to 45. But this isn't a stock that's going to blast off 45 to 50. The Delta variant probably is good for Pfizer. It's not, sorry. It's not good for, you know, a lot of companies out there, but probably good for Pfizer. So if Delta continues to spread, I think Pfizer, you know, could move up to that 45 area. So short term, I think you got room to 45. Long term, who knows? Normally when we say, oh, there's people underwater from like a decade ago, I, I, I say it a little bit in jest, but in this case, because it is Pfizer and because this is like, this was I don't know if it's still in the Dow, but it it, it, it was in the Dow. Um, I don't think it's in the Dow now, but but it definitely used to be. Um, and it's like a core. This is like a you know mutual fund type stock. You know, this is like in yeah. one forever. So yeah, there are probably people that have been in this thing for 20, 30 years, um, it, but they've been getting paid the whole time. Anyway, yeah, interesting. It's, it's valuation like, does matter in the long term. Doesn't matter at all in the short run. It absolutely matters. If your if your holding period is twenty years. You better be buying reasonable prices. 